Good evening, everyone. These are all awake. Yep, he's all happy. Good. It'd be a bad job if you came here and you weren't happy. Eh? I trust by the time you're leaving that you will have been glad that you came. Because it's already been a miraculous day. There's a dry field in Monaghan. That's the first miracle. Second miracle is that there's not a cloud in Monaghan tonight. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Eh? Maybe the Lord's going to return tonight. Or actually, he can't. Because he's going to have to break the clouds. But uh, maybe clouds will come. But it's really, really good to be here. And thank God tonight. Thank God for answering prayer. I was down in uh, some of your prayer times. And to hear people praying for good weather. And who would have expected this? I was on my way down the road. It's actually not that long actually. About 45 minutes gets me here. And to not have to use the window wipers. It was absolutely fantastic so it was so praise God tonight and you know tonight it's so good to really be here amongst you thank you to the team who have sang who have played thank you for giving your time to do that tonight and sure many of you have already been working or at school and stuff so thank you for that thank you to everyone who's got this ready this doesn't just happen okay there's been a lot of work going in a lot of teams involved and so maybe on behalf of us all, can we just show our appreciation to everybody who has been involved getting this together. Um, it's a real tremendous effort to see it come to pass. There's still a few empty seats. Um, so can I encourage you, if you see it on Facebook, share it. If you have leaflets, put them round. Get it out there to people. And as... Neil comes tomorrow night. Um, hopefully you will all come back again and uh, we'll see the tent filled tomorrow night and we're going to have good times in the presence of the Lord. And if you've came here um, to just pass an hour, that's okay. But if you've came here tonight and your life's a bit broken, then you're in a great place tonight. You may say, how am I in a great place? I'm in the middle of a tent of a field in Monaghan. But I want to tell you tonight, I haven't came here for the sake of it. I've came here tonight because I want to know if there's anyone here whose life is broken. I want to see your life changed and transformed tonight because there is a God who lives within me and he's the only true and living God. I don't serve Allah tonight or Buddha or some man-made God. I serve the son of the living God tonight, Jesus Christ, who gave his life for me and we remembered it last weekend. I think it was last weekend. Easter was last weekend, wasn't it? Two weeks ago. A lot has happened since that. We celebrated that Jesus Christ came, literally came, literally died, literally rose again, literally rose into heaven and is sitting at the right hand of the Father and literally one day is going to come back. And we'll not be meeting in a tent like this, but we're going to be with Jesus. We're going to see him, folks. Every one of us is going to see Jesus Christ. You're not going to be coming to attempt to be in his presence. You're going to see him with your own eyes. And we need to be ready for it because it's coming soon. Anybody who's in touch with the Lord knows it. He's coming soon. Look at what's going on around us. Things are happening. Things are being positioned. It's not going to continue going the way it is. 
God is going to come back. And like we have just heard, as Amy has been singing, he's going to come for his own and take us to be with him forever, which is going to be absolutely amazing. So if your life is broken tonight, Jesus wants to bring healing to your life tonight. He wants to come to you tonight because he loves you and he wants to mend your broken heart. He wants to heal the brokenness that's going on in your life. And if you're not saved tonight, if you don't know tonight that you're going to heaven, he wants to give that to you tonight. Right now, you can receive the best deal that will ever be offered to you in your life. And so you're in the best place tonight. Better than anywhere else tonight. Better than even Stamford Bridge tonight. As Chelsea try to do what is impossible for them tonight. If any of you are in the football. But tonight, folks, we're going to look at God's word. And I'm going to bring you what I felt God wanted me to bring to you tonight. And I've just called tonight the right side of the cross. Now, the right side of the cross I brought this to our people in Brookborough um, two weekends ago on Easter weekend. Whenever you look at the cross, there is a beam that goes horizontal like that. Can everyone press the unlock and lock button on your keys? That might be your car. Eh? I don't know. I'm only joking, by the way, but we'll see who it is. There's a horizontal beam on the cross. The Lord just spoke to me that that's a sign of a lot of people's lives. Because this is a minus sign. You remember being in Ma's class? It's a minus sign. And for a lot of people in their life right now, their life feels like a minus. Their life feels absolutely broken. Their life feels like it doesn't make much sense that it's a minus. Let me tell you, I live in the real world. And I deal every day with people who live in the real world. And it's not an easy place at the moment, is it? I had a young man phoned me last week who looks like he has it all together. He said, Nathan, I am really struggling. He's not a Christian. <coughs> I didn't know much about him. And he says, I just feel like taking my life. A young man that looks like he has it all together. A life that many people would actually be jealous of. But his life was broken. Last night I got another phone call. From a lady. Whose marriage ended last night. And she phones her. What, what do I do? Absolutely broken. Their lives feel like a minus. Maybe your life isn't as an extreme a minus as that tonight. But maybe you're like. I just don't feel like there's much purpose or point to my life. But you see the, the good news about Jesus is that. He can turn any minus into a plus because of the cross. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, he can turn the things in our life that feel like they are just really bad. He can turn it into a plus. You see, in the book of Genesis, we read that Joseph said to his family, he had went through much heartache in his life. He had been through much rejection, even from the very closest in his life, his very family. They say that blood is thicker than water, but some of you in this place know that that's not always true. Joseph understood that and he kept his heart right before God and he actually understood that the minus in his life, which looked like rejection and looked like, really, is there any hope? He turns around in chapter 50 and he says, 
you meant this for evil, but God has meant it for good. And you see, in your life right now, you may not see hope. You may not see a way forward. But I want to tell you tonight, because of Jesus Christ, because of the cross and because of the victory and the power that he has tonight, no matter what has come against you in your life, no matter what you feel a victim to, God, through what Jesus has done on the cross, can bring hope, can bring positive into your life tonight. And I'm going to look at two men who both received an opportunity. One was wise and one was a fool. One chose the right side of the cross and one chose the wrong side of the cross. And we read about it in Luke chapter 23. And verse 32 to 34, Jesus has now been falsely trialed. He has been scourged and beaten. He has walked the humiliating journey to a place called Calvary. The cross has been prepared for him. His execution, his crucifixion is at hand. And as he is laid down, and that cross is laid down flat, and as they put Jesus upon it, and as they nail his hands to that wooden beam, and as they nail his feet to the wooden beam, he is raised up as a spectacle in humiliation and shame. But beside him on either side, we read that there are two men, two criminals. And this is what we read in Luke chapter 23, verse 32 to 34. It says there were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. When they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. Two men. The Bible says one of them was on the right side and one of them was on the left side, the other side. Tonight I want to talk to you about being on the right side of the cross. Being on the right side of the cross. Who were these two men? We've heard much about Jesus. We have heard much about who he was. Who were these other two men on either side of him? We don't know a lot. We can't answer that very accurately. The Bible gives us a few small glimpses about them. And one of them is recorded here that they are criminals. Well, what are they criminals for doing? What have they done wrong? Well, the word criminal here actually in the original is robbers. They were men. Now, these weren't small robbers, okay? They wouldn't have crucified you for going and stealing a penny out of your mother's purse, right? These weren't guys that had been robbers of small amounts. These were guys that were notorious, probably men who would have pounced 
on people on their journeys and would have done maybe really bad things. These men were rightly deserving punishment. They rightly had been proven guilty. These men knew what they had done was wrong. Out of the man on the right side, he confesses himself, we justly receive for the things we have done. He knew he was guilty. He hadn't lived a clean life. He wasn't the the prime candidate. He wasn't a son or daughter that you would have been proud of. He wasn't what you would dream for your son or your daughter to turn out like. He was probably a disgrace to his family. He had mucked up his life. They had wrecked their life. They had wasted their life. And the things that they thought maybe they were getting away from eventually caught up with them. And they were caught out. And now they were receiving the penalty for the wrong things they had done. These two criminals, these two robbers were beside Jesus when Jesus was being crucified. One on the right side and one on the other side. But you know what I felt the Lord say to me to say to you tonight? And if this is you tonight, take seriously what I say. Is that these men were in the right place but one of them was on the wrong side. And from what do you mean and what are you talking about? Let me say this tonight. Let me say this very clearly. There are many people who are in the right place, but on the wrong side. Now in our country and in our nation, we know all about what side are you on. I was in the barbers the other day. I've been going to him for a wee while now in the town of Lisnaski, if any of you know that. And I go to him because it's usually very quiet and you can just walk in and get sorted out. No bother. And he's two pounds cheaper than Anna Skillen. So that, if for man over a wee bit tight on that. And I've worked out every fifth haircut is free, basically. So I was sitting with him and he was asking me what I do. And he said, well, and I told him I'm a pastor. And he could not, he had never, he couldn't understand this. He had came from a, he's, he's, he would consider himself a Catholic. And he says, so what side are you on? He said, what do you mean now? And you find rightly what he meant. We just wanted him to say it out. What do you mean? He says, well, are you a Catholic or a Prodi? And I says, I'm neither. And he looked at me and he says, no, no, but you have to be one or the other. And I says, no, I'm not. I says, we love Jesus, and I says, we stick to the Bible, and in the Bible, you don't say, say that Jesus said, sign up to be a Catholic, or sign up to be a Protestant. He says, if you want to follow me, lay down your life and come follow me, right? So if you think coming here tonight, we're trying to get you to sign up to be a Catholic or a Protestant, to sign up to a side, you've got it wrong. That's not what this is about tonight. Maybe you're a sport fan, and you think, well, what side do you support? We love to divide ourselves and say, well, I'm on the side of this or I'm on the side of that. I'm on the side of Leeds United, which is horrendous at the moment. Horrendous and it keeps you in check with your prayer life at the moment. But what I'm talking about tonight is this, that you can be in the right place but on the wrong side. 
And I'm not talking about the religious divide or the sporting divides of sides. I'm talking about are you saved or are you not? Have you give your life to Jesus or have you not? Can you say tonight, I am going to heaven and I'm on the side of God? Or I don't know. Because there are many people in the right place. Many people on a Sunday that will fill pews, fill seats. Maybe there's even people here tonight and you're in the right place. You're in the best place tonight you could be. But it doesn't mean you're on the right side. You can be in the right place, but on the wrong side. A man came to me at a mission we did in Enniskillen just before the pandemic hit. Just a, wasn't long before it. And on the last night, he was there about an hour early, which is strange. People normally aren't early for church, unless it's different to Monaghan, is it, Pastor Neil? Eh? We'll say, we'll say nothing. This man was an hour early, but at the end of the service, I knew that something was obviously going on with this man. He was now about late 70s, early 80s. And I knew, do you ever know when someone is waiting to talk to you? And you can see out of the side of your eye, that person looks a bit shifty, they're, they're, they're waiting. I knew this man was waiting and I was in a conversation, I was waiting. I knew he was waiting about, so I thought, right, I'll finish up here and I'll go to see him. And I says, you okay? And he introduced himself, his name was Wesley. Wesley, and I'm not going to tell you where he's from because... He went to a church for 40 years. He says, I could count on one hand the amount of Sundays I have missed in those 40 years. He says, but this is the first time I have heard I need to be saved. And he says, I want to get saved tonight. He had been in the right place for 40 years, but he was on the wrong side of the cross. Is there someone here tonight and you've been attending this kind of stuff for years? If, if the law reality is right, there are people in this room in the right place but on the wrong side. You have never yet surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never yet said, Jesus, I need you to forgive me from my sin and I follow you from this moment forward. The right place on the wrong side. It reminds me of a story. And I remember once I started dating, who is now my wife, and uh, we were both up in Belfast, and I was living in Dunmurray, if any of you know where that is. And she was on the Lisburn Road. It's only about a few miles away. I was one of the strange young lads from the country that didn't drive till I was about 23. So I had to rely on friends giving me lifts. But when I was in Belfast, I had heard about trains, right? When you're from the country, this was like a big, woo, trains, wow. I have to see this wonder of the world. And I remember going down, I thought there's a train that's going literally every 20 minutes to half an hour from Dunmurray down the Lisburn Road into city centre. And I remember thinking, I'll get the train down to go and see Kerry. I'll get dropped off at Adelaide, which is just down beside her house. 
I remember going down to the train station and I was waiting. And you know those, you know whenever you just start dating and honestly, every minute feels like an hour waiting to see them. Or is that only me? No, no, no one else has experienced the butterflies and the, the strange things that love does to you. I've experienced them and marriage soon sorts it out. Don't worry. <laughs> you don't love me the way you used to, you know. Um, I was waiting on this train and folks, I remember standing at the side and I was so excited about going to see her and I was standing there and do you know what happened? I was in the right place on the wrong side. <laughs> now, the good thing was there was another train in 15, 20 minutes. But you know, one day, folks, there's going to come a train to this world. And you could have been in the right place. But if you're on the wrong side and you miss the train that's going to heaven, folks, there's no more trains. There's no second train coming. The train's coming once. When Jesus comes, that will be it. You could be in the right place, but on the wrong side. Folks, tonight, make sure you're in the right place and on the right side. Make sure tonight that you're ready for when the train comes. Make sure you're ready whenever it comes your time to either leave this earth or if Jesus returns. You see, there was two men, one on the right side and one on the other side, on one side, a person is mocking Jesus and he joins in with the crowd, which is easy. It says that he, he turns around to Jesus. Listen to this in verse 39. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you're the Christ, save yourself and us. You see him here? He's saying, if you're God, would you sort out my problem? If there was a God, I wouldn't be going through this problem right now. Sort out my life if you're really God. But on the other side, there is a man who is beginning to see who Jesus is. And on the right side, this man rebukes him and says, would you stop it? We justly receive what we deserve, but this is an innocent man. Stop talking to him. Like that. One on the right side and one on the wrong side. On the wrong side, there are people just like this man, just like this robber, who are trying to do death on their own. He's happy enough to go into death on his own, trying it his own way. He's about to go into eternity. He's got moments left. He's in agony on that cross. And the saviour of the world, the one who can save him, the one who can take his life away from hell and take his life in moments to come and take him to heaven, is sitting only feet away from him. He's in the right place, just on the wrong side. And yet he's saying, I'm not looking to you for my death. I'm going to do it my own way. I'm going to go into death my own way. Folks, don't go into death by yourself. Don't go into death by yourself. I had one of the hardest times there, and mostly of a, a lady in our church, 
who was only told a year ago, a very fit and healthy lady, that she was given three months to live. She didn't know Jesus at this point. But thank God she got to the right place and she got on the right side. And she gave her life to Jesus Christ about nine months ago, give or take a bit. She gave her life to Jesus. But only about three weeks ago, four weeks ago maybe, I remember getting a call one day where she was at the point. The palliative care team had been in. They had drew up a plan for her over the next weeks and possibly up to a month. But little did I realize when I left in those moments that I would get a call two hours later to say, Nathan, joy has passed away. Do you know the amazing thing? Her family who was around her that day, you have to bear in mind, these people haven't been brought up knowing Jesus for years. Jesus has only been introduced to them over this last while. And as they sat around the bed of their mother and she is facing death, just like this man was about to go into eternity, she started to say to them, do you hear that? Do you hear that? The children are like, what, what, mom? Is there something scaring you? Are you okay, mom? Are you all right? No, it's lovely. Do you hear that? She said later on, moments later to her husband, do you hear that? It's beautiful. What was it? She was no longer going into death by herself. She was now going into death with Jesus, who's overcome death and was actually rerouting her away from death and to heaven. This man was in the right place on the wrong side. Folks, tonight, are you planning to go into death by yourself? Don't be so foolish. Jesus tonight wants to reroute you at that point of death and say, death is not going to get a hold on you. You're coming to be with me forever. If you want that tonight, you can have it. Or you can decide, I'll go into death by myself. It's your decision. You decide tonight. What way are you going to die? What way are you going to go into eternity? By yourself or with the hand of Jesus taking you to be where he is? But on the other side of the cross, there was someone who recognized this is a king. This man is a kingdom. And I know that this is a long shot, but I'm going to ask him if he'd remember me when he goes into his kingdom. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to be bold enough. I'm going to ask for something big here. And he turns around and he says, Lord, what's he saying there? He's saying, my life, I surrender it to you. You now are the Lord of my life. I recognize you are Lord. You're the king. You're not just a teacher, not just a rabbi, not just a minister. You are the savior. You're the king. And he recognizes that by calling him Lord. And then he says to him, would you remember me in your kingdom? Now, if I was Jesus here, I would say, you didn't want to know me up until you were about to die. You did not want to know me last week. In fact, the things you have done against people, you do not deserve it. But tonight, this is the good news of the gospel. This is what makes this book so radical. 
is that we can receive something that we do not deserve. We can receive a gift that you cannot purchase with money or anything. But God will give it freely if you acknowledge Him as your Lord, if you acknowledge that you have sinned and you need His forgiveness, and if you acknowledge that you will follow Him tonight. He will give you a gift that is out of this world. The best deal you will ever receive. And in that moment, the man on the right side of the cross asked God for this incredible gift. Would you remember me whenever you go into your kingdom? I love this. It says in verse 43, Jesus responds to him. And he doesn't have many words left on this earth. He doesn't have many more people that he's going to talk to. But here in these moments of his own agony, in these moments of his own anguish, in these moments of his own pain and sorrow and suffering, in these moments where Jesus is going through excruciatingly awful torment, he takes time to give this man an amazing gift. He says to him, Assuredly, I say to you, notice he says to him, He's talking personally to him. Out of everyone in the crowd, he says, I've talked to you. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Wow! Wow! What on earth is going on here, Jesus? This man is a criminal. This man has only brought pain into people's lives. This man has only embarrassed his family, has only done wrong to our society. Don't be talking like that. He doesn't deserve a second chance. He's a criminal, he's a robber, he's a bad man, he's a sinner. Give him what he deserves. But Jesus says, you don't get it. You all are robbers. You all have done wrong. You all are as bad as this man. Because the Bible tells us in Romans 3 verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This man is breathing his last breaths beside Jesus. He's thinking life is over. And even in that moment, there is still hope for him because Jesus is there. Can you imagine this man thinking, Surely this can't be true. Surely this can't be true. And what I love is that Jesus actually dies before this man. If you read the accounts of the Gospels, Jesus dies. We don't know how long before, but he breathes his last before the robbers do. And as Jesus goes off, the Father is preparing a place for this robber. But you see, now he's not a robber, he's forgiven. He's forgiven from all he has ever done. And he's now a child of God. It's undeserving, yes, but that's what grace is. A gift we don't deserve. He was on the right side. And do you want to know something as I finish tonight, folks? This man, there's probably no occasion he ever entered the temple 
There was probably no occasion in today's language. This man never went to church. He never went to the chapel. He never went to a minister or a pastor. He never got baptized. He never once had communion. He never once even had time to go and do any good works. But all he had time for was to say, Jesus, would you save me? Jesus, would you remember me? Because you are the Lord. And you see, the Bible's true because it tells us in Acts 2, verse 21, repeats it again in Romans 10 and verse 13. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do I have to climb up Crook Patrick again next year? No. Do I have to go and do this and that and this and that to be saved? No. Call to Jesus tonight and you shall be saved. Maybe tonight you're trusting in something else to save you that you're going to be good enough to get there. Folks, it's never going to work. Jesus himself said there is only one way to heaven and that is through him because he paid the sacrifice for your sins. His blood that he shed on the cross was the price for your sins. And you know tonight... There could be someone here and you're in the right place but still on the wrong side. I'm going to end with one story. I've got two of my church leaders here tonight who are making sure that I don't say anything wrong tonight. Okay? And um, we have been so blessed over this last while to just see God bringing people from the wrong side of the cross to the right side of the cross. There was a lady in our, in our church who has just started coming just about a year ago. She had been through really difficult times in her life. An abusive marriage. She, that marriage broke down and she turned to the bottle and it nearly wrecked her life. She tried Alcoholics Anonymous. She tried all the counseling and everything. But it wasn't working. Surprise. Surprise. Because nobody can heal a heart but God. She watched a wee bit of some of the online things we were doing. And she dropped a message to say she was going to come to church, which was a massive step. You do realize for people who aren't used to church, coming into a church is not easy. And so if you're here tonight for the first time, thank you for coming. It's not easy doing it, but I really pray tonight you will have been glad you came. This lady came into the church, and honestly, I thought she was going to faint. <laughs> I could see her, the nerves. And you know whenever you're nervous, the first thing you find, where's the toilets? Where's the toilets so I can hide for a bit? I remember going straight into the toilet. She came in, uh, then to the meeting, and probably after a number of weeks, she gave her life to Jesus she decided, I need to go from the wrong side of the cross where I'm going into death by myself and I need to get on the right side where I know who Jesus is and I'm going into death with him. That's what happened in her life. And she gave her life to God, but her husband, oh, he wasn't too sure about this. Right? And he started to give her a wee bit of a tough time about this because he was a bit of a hard man. And he was starting to, not bully her, but just not make it easy. 
Fuck, you're away over there again, over with the good ones. And you know all the stuff that they be saying. He wasn't making it easy for her. Until he came out. And he continued to come out. And I remember the first week he came out, his head was down like as he would not look at me. Because he knew he was on the wrong side. He was in the right place now, but he was on the wrong side. Anyway, Good Friday came. Two weeks ago. <laughs> and two weeks ago on Friday night, he decided he was going to sit in the second row behind me. Oh, boys, this is strange. And he came out and he told his drinking buddy, on normally on a Friday night, they go drinking. And he said, I'm not going drinking tonight. I'm going down to the church to the Good Friday service. And he came down. And that was grand. He went out again and I said goodbye to him. And we said, about 10 to 12 that night, I got a phone call. I didn't know the number because I didn't have his number yet. I only had his wife's number. Because she had been the one that I was in contact with. He phoned me, and this hard man, and these two men will know him, a hard man, a man who would have wanted absolutely nothing to do with the middle man on the cross, who probably thought it was for sissies who, who need a crutch to make themselves feel better. This man was on the phone to me, absolutely broken and in tears, saying, I need to get saved tonight. I turned around him, and do you know what I did? I started crying. <laughs> and the two of us were crying, and we said, Ken, brilliant, fantastic. We have been praying for this to happen. And there and then he prayed, and he asked Jesus into his life. He went from the wrong side of the cross. He had done many things in his life, I'm sure. He would not be too proud about but all of a sudden it's all been forgiven because that's what Jesus does when you come clean to him and he brought him to the right side of the cross that now Cain is saved and last night we have a meeting for all the people who have just gave their lives to Jesus and he was there and he said himself boys I didn't think I'd be in this room a few weeks ago and I says neither did any of us but we've been praying for it to happen maybe tonight there's someone here and you're the next one you're the one who realizes I'm on the wrong side, but I need to get on the right side. Folks, tonight, all you have to do is come clean to God. Say, God, I'm sorry. God, I give you my life. God, will you forgive me for my sin? And if you want to do that tonight, I'm going to ask for every head to bow and every eye to close. And I'm going to pray a simple prayer right now. And if you tonight know that you are not right with God, if you tonight in your own honest heart if God was to literally come right now and you were to face him face to face you honestly don't know where you're going then right now why don't you get that sorted out why don't you receive the gift that the man on the right side received the gift of forgiveness the gift of a home in heaven the gift that you don't deserve but God will freely give to you tonight free of charge, but it costs Jesus everything. If that's you tonight, I'm going to invite you in your own heart, just between you and God, will you say these words tonight? Dear God, I come to you tonight through Jesus Christ, your Son. 
I thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. I thank you, Jesus, that you sacrificed your life for me. I thank you that through your blood, you can forgive me from all my sins. I ask you to forgive me now. I am sorry for what I have done. I accept your forgiveness. I ask you to come into my life tonight. I ask you to help me to live for you. And help me not to go back to my old life again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.